Hello, I'm AT. Welcome to the Bulldog Gear podcast, where we aim to open up conversations and create discussions around the practical habits, ethos, and philosophies of the most successful people in our industry. Here, we will endeavor to identify, unpack, and discuss the actions and habits of fiercely successful individuals in and around the fitness space in an attempt to create clear, actionable philosophies for you guys to experiment with and implement on your own journey of self-improvement. Good morning, guys. Just me again going solo. So again, no need for a sort of fanfare intro. I did the last um, Q&A weight vest challenge style podcast by myself. So I thought it would only be right to close it out by myself. As of recording this today, it's Wednesday morning and I completed the Bulldog Gear Challenge, the weight vest challenge last Saturday. And uh, first and foremost, before we get into anything else, I want to thank every single person who got involved in the challenge, whether you were reposting all your workouts, whether you took part on the day or across the weekend, or whether you just picked up the guide and even just tried a few of them. I want to say a massive thank you for getting involved in that. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to us. And um, it's been a great, I guess it's been a great kind of experiment. And you all know that these things interest me greatly. So uh, just to set the scene, on the run-up to the challenge, uh, my training wasn't really the best it's ever been. I'm, I'm not really a fan of people who are kind of constantly on the negative uh, with their training. Um, we all know the people who, you know, they've always got a nigger or an injury or a reason why they can't do stuff and a lot of the times that's legitimate but I try to generally stay positive and I sort of find the positive and find what I can do but um, I would just I would just describe my training really on the run-up to the challenge as suboptimal but I, I wasn't particularly kind of worried I just knew it was going to hurt a little more hurt a little bit more than it should and I knew it was probably just going to take me a little bit longer to recover um, than if my training had been a little bit more optimal and my capacity was kind of greater. On the Saturday, on the Saturday that I took part and on the Saturday that I completed the challenge, uh, we had an event at Farm Fitness all day, uh, a fitness event, which was absolutely brilliant. But a long day, a long day before kind of doing some manual labor, putting some pull up bars in. Uh, funnily enough, I'd kind of tried in the weeks before. Uh, I'm in a position now that I haven't been in in many years in that I don't have to do that much manual labor. So I can actually look after my hands a little bit more. And probably for the first time in my training career, I made the conscious decision to say, you know what, you know, we've got this challenge coming up. There are 100 pull ups in it uh, in a weight vest, which is likely to rip my hands. I'm actually going to take some time and look after my hands for this next few weeks. So I'm not going in kind of with with calluses etc and then the night before on the friday night i had to dig a lot of holes to put some pull-up bars in and subsequently absolutely blistered every single finger on both hands so uh that was great but i did know kind of i was laughing going in because i knew that it was going to make an interesting anecdote down the line and here we are so we had the event on saturday finished up was feeling pretty tired uh came home briefly just to prep and almost started falling asleep on the couch um (laughs) at which point i kind of thought i'm not in for a steady ride with this workout 
I had uh, Tom Camp had agreed to uh, agreed to take it on with me, and he came, swooped me up, and we headed back to the farm. Again, just this feeling of like this is really going to hurt, like a kind of dread anticipation that I, I try not to really have. I try not to really attach any sort of emotional outcome to any workout because I think it's um, you know it, it just doesn't serve. It just doesn't serve you to do that. But uh, it was really hard to ignore that feeling of like this is going to really hurt. You're tired. You're beat up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But to be completely honest, and I'm just gonna massively over romanticize this we got there we decided we were gonna do the workout or the, the parts of the workout the part of the workout that's actually dependent on being in a fixed position being the pull-ups we decided we were going to do those in the new in a new woodland area at the farm which is what i'd uh, dug the holes for um kind of ironically we arrived probably seven half seven potentially it was cooling down the sun was starting to drop and as soon as I put that vest on and started jogging for that first 800 meters I really did just relax into it that kind of feeling of this is gonna hurt this is gonna suck that dissipated entirely and I was kind of filled with this I guess it's a little bit cheesy, but this huge gratitude, this huge feeling of gratitude, knowing that so many other people were, were tackling this exact same workout on the exact same day, all remotely, all out by themselves. And they were going to be going through relatively the same stimulus as I was there and then. And the fact that I was able to share that without sharing it as such really interested me and it, it really did fill me with with gratitude and, and being there with my friend and again like I say I'm going to massively over romanticize this but please do bear with me for a minute you know being out there um outside with my friend getting this workout done I really was just filled with an immense sense of gratitude and an understanding of what a privilege it is to really be able to do this stuff full stop. And it really is a privilege. We make the choice to work out and it is a choice. I know there are times when it definitely doesn't feel like a choice. I know there's times when we might feel like we're forcing ourselves to do these things or that there's, you know, there's a reason you have to work out, be that in you know, something rehabilitative, rehabilitative or you you know health wise there might be a reason that you need to be working out but at the end of the day it's a choice we get to make that choice to go out and create a stimulus create a you know quote unquote kind of hardship for ourselves and for me the fact that we get to make that choice at all that's pretty special and I think sometimes we drift too far away from acknowledging that we do. Um, and we are possibly sometimes in danger of forgetting altogether that this is our choice. This is our choice to go out and do this. This is our leisure time. We're focusing on improving our bodies, but we're making the choice to do it. This isn't some sort of manual labor that's been forced upon us. 
we are sharpening our edge. Uh, to me, it's really no different to picking up a book and, uh, you know, engaging yourself in that way. You are choosing to do this thing that you know ultimately is going to make your life better. And something I got to thinking about, li- literally on the, that first 800 meter run, is that we? I talk a lot about your physicality and your ability to do things being what enables experience in your life. And what I mean by that is the more you can do, you know, if you're, you're fortunate enough to be born able-bodied, the more you can do with your body, the more experiences you're open to it. And for me, one of the one of the big, we talk about that cheesy kind of why, what is your why in fitness? Um, for me, one of the, the biggest things is because I don't ever want my experiences to be limited. I don't ever want to get to something and say, look, sorry, I can't do that because I'm not physically able to do it. And yeah, a lot of time in training, like we majorly overreach that. Um, The only things in my life that I would come up against where I'd have to say, sorry, I can't do that are almost training related things that there's not a lot, you know, especially in everyday life um, that like me personally I'm going to rub up against and say I can't do that because my physicality won't allow me to do that but I know for a lot of people that is absolutely a reality they they can't do many things because they you know their the temptation is to say because their body is kind of given up on them but really it's the other way around and through that kind of line of thinking I used to arrive at this conclusion that you know you're you're almost a tenant in your body you're only going to get one but you you are the you're the tenant of it and you need to look after it or there's that idea of your body is the vehicle through which you experience life so look after that you know make sure you're servicing it make sure you're doing those MOTs and on that first 800 meter run I don't know, maybe it had been a very long day. It had been a long night before the sun was setting. There was this, there was, it was very, um, to use kind of parlance of generation potentially below me, it was very vibey. You know, there there was, uh, (laughs) I'm laughing, but it was just a cool, nice experience. But anyway, it kind of elicited this thought in me that you're not the tenant in your body at all, or at least you shouldn't view it like that. You shouldn't view it like that. You know, you don't pay rent and, you know, get to do whatever you want. You're not the tenant of your body. You're the caretaker of your body. And I kind of sat with that for a minute. Well, I didn't sit with it. I was running in a 20 kilo weighted vest. And I kind of had that on my mind for a minute. What's the difference? The difference is it's now solely your responsibility to look after this body. It's now solely your responsibility to make sure that it's fit for purpose, that it is up to a livable standard, and it is solely your responsibility to make sure that it doesn't break down, and when it does, you fix it, and then it's able to do all the things that, um, you know, as advertised as such. And I think the human body is is an amazing thing. It's incredibly robust. It's allowed us... Um, you know, it's given us the the free reign to do so much from a, a biological perspective, and to lose that in modernity as a human, as a human, to lose those abilities that are God given, um, 
in that instant running that 800 meters i kind of looked at it and thought wow that's it's pretty sad really to be you've almost been handed the the winning lottery ticket and you're just going to let it blow away um yeah so <laughs> that was a lot to think about over the course of 800 meters and we will get back on track now but um Either way, I was filled with this just tremendous sense of gratitude that I was able to do this, that I was in the position to do this socially, financially, all of these all of these things that create barriers that we often don't recognize when we've we've transcended them or we've got over them because we're we're so caught up in and this is understandable, you're so caught up in the the next barrier. You're so caught up in the next um you know, the next thing in your way that sometimes it can be really difficult to look back and say, but look at this other one I overcome. Um, And I know they say comparison is the thief of joy, but sometimes it really is good to compare, compare and contrast to either where you are at or the disadvantages of others and use that as a tool, as a diagnostic tool to be grateful for what you have and almost use it as as fuel to say i'm not going to waste this so we're 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 15 minutes into the podcast and so far i've covered the first 800 meter run so we're doing well so uh, the technicalities as a whole as i say the minute i got that vest on started running felt fine the the run felt great uh, the one thing I would say I have taken away, despite, as I say, my training having been suboptimal, my running in a vest has confu- has um, improved sort of 5x. Initially, the first time I put that 20 kilo vest on as the 20 kilo vest and tried to do anything more than a couple of hundred meters, I struggled. I struggled mechanically. I struggled, you know, with my cardiovascular system. I, I struggled with my lungs. It was hard is what I'm trying to say. And at this point, it was kind of the the adaptation had happened and I felt good and I felt comfortable. I didn't, there's that kind of feeling when you put the vest on of, oh God, this must be what it's like to be unfit, to be really unfit. Like my chest is hurting. I'm out of breath very quickly. That's what I compare it to is, is that I'd say it's the quickest way. If you want to experience what it would be like for you to get majorly unfit stick on a 20 kilo vest and you know try and try and do something you know you would otherwise be pretty proficient at but the run felt great took off well held a decent pace you know I didn't kill it I knew I knew what was coming but it felt great and then something kind of and again I'm gonna really over romanticize this something really weird happened we we got we started to get stuck into these lunges and um you know the walking lunges are something where it's very hard to hit it with a, a high intensity right it's, this is not something like barbell cycling this is not burpees you can move at a really decent clip but whatever you do you're kind of always a little bit held back by um you know, by the mechanics of the exercise, you are taking a big step and then controlling your descent down to the floor before standing back up again. So the the actual speed, the tempo at which you can hit those is, is metered by that almost, which I found enabled us to maintain a really sort of conversational pace. So here I am in the midst of what could have potentially been built up to this kind of really horrific workout 
um you know an absolute absolute grinder where you go to a dark place and you know you're just trying to dig dig a hole and then climb back out but what actually happened is it, it was me and uh me and my buddy doing walking lunges rather kind of um into a rather kind of aesthetically pleasing sunset shooting the breeze about about the day that has come before and this is by no means and uh, you know take this forward into the uh take this forward into the rest of this conversation but this is by no means to say that we didn't work hard because you know we did work hard we we finished in a little over an hour and the, you know it's it, it's two miles of running it's 300 walking lunges it's 200 press-ups it's 100 pull-ups like you can't get away from hard work but for for whatever reason we hit this kind of space hit this kind of pace where it really did, and um, anyone listening who's been in this situation understand, it really did start to feel like, and it was Tom that pointed this out to me, a bro sesh, which was great. Um, hit the walking lunges, felt really good. Obviously, you come out of those walking lunges, you go into that next 800 meters, and it's like running on jelly legs. But again, I've I've become pretty accustomed to that. I think the the training I'd put forward in that I'd put together in the guide and, and the way I was kind of structuring those workouts and just steadily building up the volume of, of lunging and running and trying to get used to doing lunging in the vest as often as possible did help that kind of transition period. Something I would something I would compare it to would be um, to anyone listening who's ever done a triathlon or even a, a duathlon. When you first get off that bike for the first few times and you start running, it's like running on someone else's legs. It really does feel like left foot braking. Like, well, I know how to do this. I've been doing this a long time, but something feels very different. And the only way to overcome that in a triathlon is to practice those bricks, is to practice that getting off the bike and going into a run. And eventually you do become accustomed to it. You know what your legs are going to feel like to the point where neurologically they almost don't feel like it anymore because you've got used to kind of, you know, uh, driving a left-hand drive would be a good comparison it's different but you've got used to it now so straight out of these lunges into the next 800 meter run and it was feeling good feeling good we got back for those press-ups now this is where things really slowed down um the press-ups in the the 20 kilo vest i would say i've struggled more with through training than the than the pull-ups the reason being and I'll talk more about this when I get onto the pull-ups, but the reason I believe it is, is press-ups enable you to go a little bit closer to failure and then recover a little bit quicker and go again. With the pull-ups, once it's gone, it's kind of gone, and you do just have to stand there looking up at the bar, waiting for your, you know, waiting until you can do one, two, three reps again. With the push-ups, you can get right to that sort of failure point and then chip away another two or chip away another three, sort of rock back onto your knees and go again. And that that does actually ramp up the intensity a little bit. And that this was the point at which um, Tom observed that this really did just feel like a bro sesh because we, we got to the point where we were kind of going 10 for 10 on push-ups with each other, uh, which, was, which was great. And I don't know, I spoke a lot in the beginning about the idea of this challenge being something you take on solo. And being a time for, uh, you know, quiet reflection and for people who don't want to go away and do big competitions with all the fanfare. 
if I were to retroactively look back and reflect on how I or how I took it on, I think it would have been a completely different workout were I on my own. Um, I would have taken it a lot more seriously, and I don't mean that in the sense of how I attacked the workout and the intensity with which my body went through those motions, because that, I don't think that would have been any different. But I think I would have been more reflective. I think I would have kind of sat in the um, in the in the objective kind of pain of actually doing the workout. And I think to some degree that would have created some some misery. And this is something we've spoken about on the podcast a lot about this idea that you don't need that that misery, that idea of I'm enduring, I'm 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 pushing myself through this workout is not necessary to get the physiological benefits of training, to to get that stimulus. Um, so I think kind of doing it and but buddying up with Tom and doing it in this way, it completely changed it. And this this talks nicely to something I've spoken about before where, you know, you, you'll get guys and I've been this guy and I'm sure those of you have been this guy who do almost wallow in the pain of the workout only to look to the left and, you know, and see someone doing exactly the same workout, a very similar physical capacity, just enjoying themselves like really just enjoying themselves and there's definitely a time and place for using um using a training as as sort of a tool for contemplation but i definitely don't think it's all the time i really don't think it is all the time and to get into the science of it like you know studies have shown that positive thoughts are, are far more effective at increasing your endurance than than negative thoughts so which is kind of ironic because so much in the training community is built around this idea of going to a dark place and you know all of this stuff which is great and I think it's effective and I found it effective in my life but the 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 data doesn't seem to back that up it very much does seem a case that the more positive and upbeat you can stay the longer you can endure and I think without meaning to get too deep or deeper than I've already gone I do think a lot of that is to do with this idea of what am I doing this for if I'm doing this because I enjoy it then I'm more likely to continue enjoying it if I wallow in the misery of it then I'm always going to have that nagging voice in the back of my head saying well you know what just stop so the push-ups yeah (laughs) we're a real grind and what did I say we're on Wednesday today so uh, late night, Saturday, did the workout, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, my chest still hurts. 200 push-ups um, and my triceps, 200 push-ups at, uh, with a 20 kilo vest on, kind of you go, I go, push into failure. Uh, eventually, you know, you, you're looking at somewhere near 20 sets of push-ups within very close proximity of each other and some of those being kind of rest pause sets where I'm going five or six and then I, I will literally rock back on my knees and I'll say out loud to myself come on seven eight nine ten and then rock those out so they felt tough but as I say that reframing mindset really did change how it how it felt for me and I honestly believe that if I tackled that workout by myself Particularly on those push-ups, you know, I'd be tempted to rock back onto my knees and just wait. But having that kind of incentive, that you go, I go incentive with Tom, did make a huge difference. And I honestly think it took at least kind of 10 minutes off or maybe even 20 minutes off the total time of the workout for me because 
those little bits of kind of looking at the ground of looking at the bar or, or, you know standing holding the vest in between those lunges just waiting just waiting to recover and go again they add up you know over the course of um what have we got in total over the course of 600 reps all of those little pauses they do begin to add up and I think the the reframing mindset of that you guy I go that more positive that less reflective mindset um, that does make a big difference and it did take time off for me and I I'm not a fan of building the rod for my own back so I know that this you know Tom's not always going to be available to kind of perk me up in the middle of a workout so I understand we have to have our tools for for uh, for doing it even when we're on our own on our own. But uh, in this case, I found that to be of great benefit. Push-ups done, another 800 meter run. By this point, they they were just kind of feeling feeling pretty breezy, to be honest. You know, we I looked at the time and I, I was shocked to see that we were on for an incredibly good time. It, it really did feel too good to be true. Uh, the, the lack of kind of exhaustion and the fatigue and wanting to quit that I would you know I had no feelings of wanting to quit at all had kind of lulled me into this idea that well look maybe we're just going really really slow maybe we're just taking our time here and I, I checked the time every now and again and it wasn't the case it felt great so uh penultimate 800 meter run straight into those pull-ups always going to be the hardest part but we just tackled them exactly the same as we did the press-ups we did a few straight off the bat uh, with one another and then we kind of switch to this you go I go one-to-one work to rest ratio which I think gives you just enough time to get a little bit of recovery and without allowing you to kind of as I say just stand under the bar looking at it with the minutes ticking away you know your, your partner jumps off the bar you get up there even if you only do three you get up there even if you only do two you get up there and just chip away at them like that and uh you know i've watched the video back the vlog will be live um the vlog will be live very soon it might even be on youtube depending on when you're listening to this and there are there's videos on on social media obviously the the difference in reps there's a there's a great bit where right at the beginning i've got the camera sort of on a tripod just recording the reps tom's doing them next to me his reps look absolutely textbook what i do want to draw attention to is that i had a 20 kilo vest on and he had a 10 kilo vest on and you can really see that extra 10 kilos in the kind of um you know i wasn't kipping but there was a there was a kind of less than composed nature should we say to my pull-ups versus versus tom's but then again he probably does weigh that much more than me anyway so um you know it's not a it's not a competition and we got through we got through those reps my hands tore a bit as i expected but nothing too bad but we did we worked our way through those reps keeping that kind of positive mindset and then we booked off on that last 800 meter run um for the last 400 of that run i felt amazing and i really opened up the opened up the, the tank for a sprint finish because it felt very cathartic like each rep that i ticked off was kind of um, and each movement as i ticked off the lunges as i ticked off the pull-ups each one of those reps felt very cathartic uh, because this is obviously something we've been building towards for a while so to 
kind of know that this is it I'm, I'm ticking these off now and it's done it's complete we're no longer building towards the challenge this is it it felt really cathartic and it it did at the end on that last 400 meters i think um opening up the opening up the taps a bit and pushing for a, a bit of a sprint finish was a, a kind of uh i don't know if it's sort of analogous of anything but that's how it felt. It felt like that last push to the end, last big push to the end of something that's been big and something that's been important to me for a while. And then I kind of hit the deck in the woods on the bark, rolled around for a bit. Tom joined me and we kind of just reflected on the workout and had a chance to really think about the difference between going to big fitness events and team events and and pushing ourselves that way and being you know surrounded by people pushing us and cheering us on and being in that competition environment versus being in this much more subtle quiet environment with a friend getting a workout done and you know how much impact did the did the fact that this workout meant a lot to me you know I, I dreamt up this challenge um how much of an impact did that have on my performance? Was that comparable to kind of being in the arena, as it were, with with people cheering you on and with kind of expectations that you're you're going to do well, whatever it is? And it was a lot to think about. But all in all, I thoroughly enjoyed the workout. I would say of all the training versions of that workout, of all the kind of permeations of that I'd done on the run-up to it, the full workout was by far and away my favorite experience for one reason or another and I, I would kind of love to you know drop me a comment on social media let me know how you felt doing it did it did it feel cathartic did it feel like the best version of it or did it just feel like another training session for you I, I'd love to hear um, just a quick kind of uh, wash up a few questions I've had like how would I use this workout moving forward someone asked me the other day uh, the volume is pretty high so it's something I'd use pretty sparingly and if I were to change it from a from a challenge to a workout I would spin the reps on their heads and on their head I would start with the pull-ups I would move into the push-ups and I would finish with the lunges the reason being um like I'm a much bigger fan of that kind of mechanical drop set, that idea of starting with the hardest movement and finishing uh, with the easiest as the intensity kind of goes up and as the fatigue grows, hopefully you're on a fairly consistent level then. Whereas finishing with those chins, you're already a mile and a half and 400 reps, uh, no, 500 reps deep into a workout, finishing with those chins, is pretty heinous if I was to do it in training like just for a session I would put the chins up the front so I could focus on the quality of those pull-ups and I would finish with the lunges knowing that um, even under fatigue of, of the other 300 reps I'm going to be able to put in a pretty good performance because mechanically they're not the most difficult movement for me so yeah, that's kind of how I would how I would tackle that as a training session. I would use it very sporadic, uh, very sparingly. Sorry, probably once a month at most. But I do like the fact that you've got some really kind of um, uh, I don't really like using this term, but kind of primal movement patterns. You've got to push, you've got to pull, and you've got to lunge. And it, you know, lunge is a little little bit possibly of an underutilized movement pattern. And you've got some running, and you're doing it all 
if you're doing it in a vest, you're doing it all with extra load. So you are working through these movement patterns that serve you in your everyday life under a little bit of extra load, which does kind of pay into that idea of, you know, train hard, live easy. Um, so yeah, that that's how I'd use it. Probably once a month, probably turn it on its head. Uh, reps wise, would I do it again with a 20 kilo vest? Absolutely, I would. Like, absolutely, I would. Putting the 10 kilo vest on now, um, it feels like a, it feels like a doddle. Obviously, with that kind of increased capacity from using the heavier vest, and that I would just say to anyone who's got the incremental vest, don't be afraid of experimenting with a slightly heavier load. Build up to it gradually if you need to, but don't be afraid to do it. What's next? What's next for us? I think we've had some great learning experiences from this from this weight vest challenge. Um, I've really enjoyed being able to kind of curate something a bit more subtle and a bit more quiet and a little bit more personal. I have. Um, that's not to say that next year I wouldn't really be interested in having an event whereby we all get together and we do something like this um, I'm very conscious of the fact that not everyone got to experience that kind of subtle camaraderie that I did on Saturday and I would like to be able to extend that out to other people so I think next time yeah it's got to be it's got to be a get together even if it's even if it's on a on a smaller scale than a, a big competition um because I, th- I view, as I said at the beginning, fitness is a tool to be the caretaker of your body. But if we can do that together and we can find a way to not just endure it, but enjoy it, then that's got to be the secret for longevity, right? So if I could get us all in the woods on those pull-up bars, I would. Not a competition, not a race, just enjoying what our bodies can do together. I would absolutely love to do that. Guys, um, I've spoken, this has been far too self-indulgent. I've spoken for more than long enough about my own experience in this workout. Uh, please, you know, if you listen to this and you're on social, please head over to the to our post that we post, um, you know, of, of, performing the, of performing the challenge. Drop a comment. Let us know how you got on. And again, I would just like to extend the biggest thank you to every single person who got involved in this. And I sincerely hope that uh, when we when we move on and when we we move on to doing something different, that I can make it just as we can make it just as enjoyable for you guys as this has been. We can get more people involved, and I can hopefully extend some of you know my learnings from it out to you guys, and we can have an even better one next time. Guys, the the pod will return to normal service next week. Guests galore. But uh, have a great day, whatever you're doing. And take care, guys. AT out.
And there we have it. Thank you for listening in. Guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be greatly appreciated if you could drop us a review on your podcast app of choice. Any feedback you've got, please send it over via social media and don't hesitate to tell us what you would like to hear more of. I'm AT. This has been the Bulldog Gear podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys.